I'm Shane Twist and welcome to Behind the Beef, a podcast that gives you a look behind the scenes and into the everyday activities of the people behind the beef. Welcome to the end of year episode of Behind the Beef, where we look back in retrospect to the year that was and look forward to the years to come for Angus Australia and producers around Australia. In this special end of year episode, we were joined by Angus Australia Board Chairperson and President Erica Halliday and the Chief Executive Officer Scott Wright. Sitting down with me at the end of November, Scott and Erica had their share on rounding up a massive year for Angus Australia, covering a range of topics relating to the year that was for the society and the beef industry, as well as looking at what's to come in 2024. Thanks goes to Scott and Erica for joining us for this special end of year episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Let's jump into our chat now. So, do you mind both introducing yourselves and what your role is at Angus Australia? We'll start with you, Erica. <laughs> Erica Halliday, and I'm the president of Angus Australia from Walker and Ben Nevis Angus. Perfect. And Scott? Yeah, hi, Shane. Uh, Scott Wright, and uh, I'm the CEO here at uh, Angus Australia. Well, I'm sure everyone is pretty familiar with the both of you, but we're just going to have a little chat today just about the year that was 2023. And for Angus Australia and Angus producers around Australia, but also sort of the wider beef industry as well. So I guess just to start off, what did 2023 look like from your perspective and what words come to mind when you reflect on the year? <laughs> We're playing a bit of a game show to get in first. <laughs> I always get in first and then I usually uh, say some big statement that Scott then has to qualify, actually. So, but for me, and I haven't done any preparation for this podcast, but for me, it's been a mixed bag this year for a lot of our producers. Um, so, you know, some have been, have had this wonderful season, others have had a really difficult, a difficult time. Um, but at the same time, there is this, been this overarching um, enthusiasm around Angus Australia, which we've just, I've got to say, we've relished, haven't we? It's yeah. Been, it's, it's been awesome. That's been great. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and probably for me, just... Um, I think it's not to take things for granted. I think um, the the dry and and just looking at that graph that um, you can pull up on the MLA website and it's it's quite dramatic. And I think I just kept thinking back. Don't don't take the good times for granted. And yeah. I guess some of those conversations back in eighteen and nineteen were pretty tough. And you, you're really hoping that we we don't get back to those. So yeah, good good times, but also a bit sobering at times. Mm. I, I can't believe how much we swing. So we swing from. Wettest years on record, driest years on record, and then price fluctuations from highest yeah. to, to the to the lows. Yeah, it's been a bit of whiplash, really, yeah. I think is the best way to look at it. I mean, we've got to think of one high from another. It has to correct itself somewhere, mm. but it definitely has felt a little bit like a bit of whiplash. Yep. Yeah, definitely. When the both of you look back at the year that was 2023, what have been some big achievements that you've seen for the Angus breed? Probably, uh, I guess. I guess the Texas Bulls setting the record was was like a big high. Like that's big for not just this year, but it's big for a long period of time. So, mm. so that that's exciting. And I think I think the sales held up well for the breed. Like right through until probably the tail end, there was some some guys struggled a bit. But I, 
most of the season, like, so I kept up stronger than I think for a long time. And, and I guess for me, I, I saw the export heifer market come back, which, which um, we, we weren't really expecting. So that's, that's nice. It puts a base in things. So, and, and a lot of people wouldn't be aware of that. But that's a, that's a nice niche market for a lot of our members. So it's good. Mm. And we've had, we've had a lot of really big achievements this year. Like, um, so with our business plan, which we, which we got together, and then we presented that at the, uh, the conference, which we haven't had a conference for years because of COVID. And that was just so warmly received and it was, it was a hoot. The conference was great. Um, and then the World Angus evaluation. Like, I mean, a lot, a lot has happened. It doesn't even feel like this year, but a, but a heap has happened in that time. Yeah, and that one in particular affects Angus breeders all over the world yep. in terms of including the American and the Canadians. So that definitely is a big achievement. So you've sort of touched on it with the strategic plan being launched at our conference. So what are some big achievements or key achievements for Angus Australia over 2023? Well, it's it's nice there's a list, Shane. So um, I think the the strategic plan. So so Erica mentioning that, but but wrapped up with that, we re, we we rebranded. We we set the vision for where we're going going forward. Um, a lot of things seem to come together. So the World Angus evaluation, we started planning towards the the World Angus Forum, and and we were busy. Both Erica and I have been busy with that all year, which was huge. And and then we were involved with the Czech Republic, the World Secretariat, and with American Angus, sort of planning those. Um, future events, but but then how it works in with the world evaluation. So so huge um, uh, from that point of view. Um, not not many people would know, but behind the scenes, our IT department smashed some goals. So we mm. got um, that new Angus Tech platform, which is board will see um, tomorrow, which is which is great. So so a few things like that. Gen Angus is always good. Um, yep. Like I'm always like Eric and I were both there, and it's a it's a pretty refreshing couple of days. Very yeah, very. I think too, Scott, to add to that, I, I think and you have a look at the overall um, uh, cultural shift maybe that we've had this year by going back to the members and sort of saying, you know, we've made all these wonderful scientific advances, but just going back to the membership and saying, you know, how can we make this process easier for you? What do you, what do you need? So, yeah. And I think by looking at that with fresh eyes and then redoing the strategic plan from scratch, we did it from scratch, they locked us in a room, didn't let us out until we'd come up with one. But it was a great process, yeah. 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 This year, I think, yeah, that last year, there was just a lot of work on and this year, um, was a lot of things just came together. So it's a pretty exciting year. So you have a year of building and then, then yeah, I think we, uh, I think a lot of things really uh, got executed this year and came and we had the fruit of that, which yeah. was really nice. Oh, look, so much of that. And I just remember you, you said we'd forget, forget something, but that low, the low methane emission stuff that, that Christian is working on, like we're doing groundbreaking research. And because of all the work that's been put in in the past, we have this wonderful, um, we have this wonderful research database as well as the animals and the validation and the animals through the ASPB. We've actually got um, research companies coming to us wanting to, to do research. Yeah. And so we're... We get all the best of it, yeah, and yeah, the, exactly. the most cutting edge. We're really well positioned, I think, going forward. Yeah, now it's that a lot we've of got that reputation, yeah. which is sort of built on a long period of time too. Now, yeah, um, many many years actually, yeah. and many faithful people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Foresight of many people. Yep. Yeah. And all this work is building blocks to more and more things. What's coming up in twenty twenty four, and what does the year look like from your perspectives? We've got a couple of big ticket items, so. 
we have a big presence at Beef Australia each time it's on. So um, because that's that's part of our strategy of where we see the Angus breed going in, into the north. So so we're investing a fair bit of money next year in Beef Australia. So that's 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 really exciting for us. We've got the World Angus Forum planning, which is we talk about it a lot, but it's it's like a once in twenty five year opportunity to showcase the breed. So it's like two years of work to really put the breed in front of a, a big international audience. So I think there's there's lots there. We've got a new extension officer starting in January, which is which is pretty exciting. We roll out the new Angus tech so people will actually see it, um, which is it's a long time coming, but it's 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 really good. We've got. Again, we, we always talk about Gen Angus, which will be held in New Zealand next year. Pretty pretty exciting in Christchurch because we've got that that nice portion of New Zealand members. And we've got a new program starting called Be Angus, Be Proud. So we haven't done a great job at selling our, our, our success story. So yeah. um, I've, I've started to see some of the videos that, that the marketing team put together. And that'll be, that'll, be, that'll be really refreshing for people to see, I think. No, and having been part of the Be Angus, Be Proud stuff, it's been really good actually to be out there on farm with people and talking about their stories. And it's really bringing together that Angus family and getting back to the roots of what's important about what we're doing here is the fact that, you know, we've got Angus producers around Australia and New Zealand who are doing some really, really great things and they've got a story to tell as well, which has been really good. It's yeah, been very enjoyable, in fact. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's I, nice to hear. Yeah, no. I think um, with the World Angus Forum, um, the theme for that is Beef for a Better Planet and we're actually, we could have just followed the same format from many of the World Angus Forums all over the world, but we've actually mixed the whole thing up and... Um, you know, you're talking about telling telling people's stories. So we're actually being a lot more inclusive of the, of the whole membership with this um, World Angus Forum. So it won't just be, you know, start after start after start. We're actually building a story around Beef for a Better Planet and we're inviting the membership, uh, everyone, to participate in that. So, you know, there's going to be a frozen genetics auction. We're having an expo at Tamworth. Each state will put together a registry for people that want to go on tours to actually everyone will get equal opportunity to have um, people come and see their farm if they want to put themselves on the map and put themselves out there. So I think uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it, it is. We've got some export readiness seminars next year planned. So we're hoping that we can get our members positioned to, to sell their genetics on, on that worldwide market mm. because it really dovetails nicely with the World Angus Evaluation. And yeah. what, and, and what I, I keep getting messages from the other Angus organisations and they're, they're really pleased about that, um, yeah. about the opportunity of coming here. Um, a lot of connections across the globe from the UK to Uruguay, Ireland and Canada, North um, America, we've just done the American Convention. Yeah. The enthusiasm there was tremendous. I, I couldn't believe the number of people that intend to come out here and have a look at what we're doing. So, yeah, yeah it's, a no, it's a nice time. It's a perfect storm, isn't it? Like when the world evaluation comes up about the same time that people are sort of looking globally to see where they can source genetics yeah. and it's all just gaining momentum at, all at once to yeah. strike for the World Angus Forum. Yeah, it's a great bit of time. Yeah, the perfect storm, if you will. Yeah, the perfect storm. <laughs> yeah. When you look at the wider industry, what are some challenges that you see for the beef industry in 2024? Mm. I'm, um, I'm actually on the board of Rural Aid as well, so I have a pretty much a, a finger pulse on, on what's happening in the, in the general industry in terms of uh, people's welfare, I guess. And um, so there's, it's been quite a critical time for, for welfare of people on farms lately with all the predictions of the drought. And I know that we've had this bit of rain here recently, but we're still scheduled to have the hottest and driest year on record. And I think that that's, that's frightening people. A lot of people are sort of saying too soon, can't do it again, um, you know, don't have a plan B. Because um, a lot of people say, for example, put hay away, but then 
the mouse plague came, you know. So, and then on top of that, you've got these people sort of with all the weight of expectation from society on, um, you know, beef emission, like emissions yeah. from, and global warming. So, I think what we're seeing there is a, a bigger awareness of mental health in the bush. But at the same time, we've got, as well as awareness, we've got a lot more programs out there and a lot more support for people. Yeah. And guys that have never said anything to me, my neighbours and things like that, they're actually talking to me now about those sorts of things. So I think um, on a more industry basis that we really need to be very aware yeah. um, of that's where we are and that you're not alone and that you will, this too will pass, you know, so yeah. we need to support each other Definitely. in that way. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say the same. It's it's um, it, it's markets and, and those markets rebuilding, and we hope that that happens. Has there been a change now with the the rain that's been coming through, and it's pretty widespread? That that's great, but the the forecast isn't great. So I, I guess that's really in the back of my mind is how people um, affected by that. Um, I live at Gleninus, and and like Erica, having conversations which I don't think we had five years ago. I'd no. agree with that. Like um, I'd, I'll see somebody in in Woolworths, and they're quite heartfelt about that concern going yeah. forward. So it's a, it's a bit of a different psychology out there. And I think as a society, we've got to make sure that we're pretty empathetic with our members that might go through some hard times yet. Yeah. I think that, I don't know, just from some conversations I've been having as well with people around, I think coming off of the back of how difficult the 2019, mm. 2020 in particular, and then going into the floods that happened up north and everything yeah. like that, it just seems never ending. But I think also people are a bit, a bit I think proactive is probably not the better best word but they're coming off the back of that they're a little bit more like this is what we've got to do now to avoid that yeah from back then so I guess it is an opportunity sort of to look to that future and go well we Mm. had that and we know what's coming so hopefully we can yeah I think we're becoming more realistic that yeah you know it's not all beer and skittles yeah uh, this farming (laughs) you know the same places where we were dropping hay off um, in that northern rivers area a year ago for floods we then were dropping hay off because they were drought affected 12 months later I mean it's just the extremes are there just so quickly I think that's what's um, really tough to get your head around yeah Mm. so definitely and Thinking of those challenges and looking out for each other too is a big thing going into the next 12 months and into the future further than that as yeah. well. But, but we do know in all of that, we do know that those markets are going to have to take off. Yeah. And we do know that we're sitting on the right product when those markets take off. So there's that as well. So how do you think the beef industry is looking as a whole as we look back at the last 12 months? Oh, we had the most exciting day today looking at, um, you know, what's happening around the research with methane and things like that. And I am so excited about the beef industry because, um, and, you know, I've had some, done some work with the MLA as well. So it's not um, so much as, you know, beef being part of the problem. It's actually about beef being part of the solution to climate change. And that's going to be on, um, not only on a climate change level, but we're also we're also looking at it in terms of a nutritional product. And, you know, we're going to be the saviour that's going to come in and save the world and feed the world at the same time so there's only upside and as the angus breed with all the work that we've done we are the best positioned of any breed to take advantage of that so win the box seat yeah i think we're really well positioned going forward and if you look at um, and listen to some of those market analysts like simon cordy they're, they're very optimistic about that high-end protein like we the especially um the beef industry it just isn't the beef industry but i think it as as the angus sector we, we're super well pre, um, positioned going forward to 
really provide that high-end product to mm. um, to a market that worldwide just um, seems to have no end of a, an appetite for that really high-quality um, eating experience. And yeah, I think I think as a as a society, as a breed, as an industry, we we're, we're quite well positioned. That five-year outlook is really good, really mm. strong. Mm. And if we can produce that premium product and say it's carbon neutral at the same time, you know, people have no reason not to eat exactly. beef really unless it's an ethical reason, which everyone's entitled to. But, you know, it's a really, it's a really good product and, um, you know, we're working on, on ways to make it a more sustainable product as well and, and that's not a pipe dream. That's like within our grasp and I think we worked that out today with um, all, the, all the work we see going on at UNE and... CSIRO and you know some amazing organisations. Um, so yeah, I suspect over the next few years too, we'll see that uh, Angus is really well positioned for uh, a sustainable future. So we've um, we we have good efficiencies in the breed. Um, a lot of traits we've progressed on. I think I think Angus will come to light over the next few years as as being that efficient source of genetics for the beef industry. So yeah, really well positioned. Yeah, and I think our Australian beef is going to be up the top too, is it? Absolutely, that's right. So you touched on it briefly a couple of questions ago, but... um, Are we not sticking to the... (laughs) No, no, we are. Maybe it's the way I've written them might be the problem here. We can have our own talk. (laughs) Um, So you touched on it before, but we obviously launched the Angus Australia Strategic Plan and rebrand in May. For you guys and for for Angus Australia and obviously then Angus producers around the show, what are some key areas of focus for the society going forth? I'm going to hand that over to Scott because he lives and breathes this document. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I do. It's a great. It, it is nice, and it was, it was, it was nice to put it together and have. Uh, we had a lot of input, and we it was like distilling down that thinking. But we were in Sydney at a board meeting, and where we came to that uh, vision statement, which we've got, which is Angus for every system, and uh, Erica, I think, threw out a line like that she loved to see black rod across Australia or black backs rod across Australia. And, what, and we were brainstorming or trying to get to that. And, and, and what it was about was that we could see that um, Angus was great for a whole multitude of systems. So we've done great in the south in the temperate zones, but um, how do we... And so the moment we sell roughly 12,000 bulls at auction um, through our members, what they list with us. So, so that's great. And that's over 25 years, that's, that's grown from about 3,000 bulls at auction. So great strength in the breed but but where do we go next so so how do we get to eighteen thousand bulls at auction and i think that's where we're when we're looking at the uh those regions in the north so central queensland so we can we believe we can add some real value in terms of profitability to those systems um central australia the southern rangelands in wa the beef on dairy sector that's important especially with sustainability efficiency so so we see real growth there so i think that's that's where the the that strategic plan comes home to roost, I think. Mm. And, I, you know, even though we say Angus for every system, I, I think within that there's still this... Um, f- we still need to recognise that we need diversity. We need all those other breeds to do um, what they do, especially in those areas. But what, what we're saying is what complements best with those other breeds and gives them a lift is actually by crossing them uh, with, with Angus. Yeah. So, you know, they'll be black, but they'll be black with white bits on them or they'll be black with humps or, you know... But, but the, with the complementarity um, of the Angus breed um, to other breeds, you know, they're just the obvious choice. 
at our Beef Australia seminar in May, which we hope a lot of people come to and, and be part of. We've got Troy Setter coming and uh, from CPC, and he'll um, they've used Angus in their composite program and, and their breeding um, system. So they're not running straight Angus in some of those environments, but they they're really using some of those really good Angus genetics to um, improve what they do. So it's it's part of we we see Angus as being really part of that profitability solution for much a much wider area than maybe traditionally it's been that way. Yeah. I think you've actually answered the next question, which is we talk about a vision we're, of Angus. We're very business. advanced. Exactly. We're very advanced. So I might move on to um, the, unless there is anything else you want to add about the vision for Angus for every system and what that means and looks like to you. Not really straightforward, Shane. It's a big job ahead of us. and <laughs> But we see some of the breeders that we've got. I, I look at it and some some of our breeders are really growing their business as well and they're, they're pushing into new markets. So we've got to make sure that we stay on point too provide them with the best tools so that they can grow their businesses and, and move into those markets. Mm. Um, so that's, uh, we've got to stay very grounded as a society to, to, to help our members achieve what they need to achieve. And to that end, I think you should tell them about the profit triangle. Yeah, that's right. We have a we have which a was little... meant to be a wheel, but it's a triangle. It's that's a right. That's there. right. We we um we have this little triangle, Shane. Which uh, if people go to the strategic plan, they can find. So, um, our our mission statement is to increase the profitability of our members, and there's three sides to the triangle. So it's uh one one side is genetic improvement, which is great. We're all here because um, there's an Angus premium, so that's another side to the triangle. So how do we grow the market share and the premium, and then the base of it is how do we provide efficiency for our members. So how do we make things simpler, cheaper, quicker, um, and get out of the road basically. So mm. so it's a yeah, it's a neat little triangle if you if a member would like to go and have a look at it in yeah. the strategic plan. And and each each side of the triangle actually is self fulfilling to the other sides of the triangle. Yeah. So if you get one right you actually boost the next side of the triangle, which boosts the next side of the triangle. So it's a very special word for that, which is it's actually called a um, what do we call them? The flywheel. Jim Collins's flywheel was the That's original right. concept for that, but we've just we did try to we sharpened it. it up. We tried to draw a flywheel, <laughs> which is a great concept, yeah. and, and Jim's done a great job with it, but ended up here at Triangle. Yeah. So that's great. Our own special version. That's yeah. right. Sharp. And I will note also the strategic plan is available on the Angus Australia website. If you ever want to have a look at that document, it's a very concise look at what it actually is. So, yeah, if you ever need it, have a jump on the Angus Australia website and have a look at that one. Moving on to some of the other things that Angus Australia has been doing and has a focus on, we have a big focus on encouraging the youth to stay and get involved in the agricultural industry. And I know, Erica, you are very passionate about this. So what advice would you give to them and why would you encourage young people to be involved in the ag industry going into the new year? Yeah, that's, look, that's a really good question. I have to admit, when I went down to the Gen Angus um, function this year, I was probably at that point where we just got all our forecasts and done our feed budgets and rolling averages, and I was actually quite down in the dumps, and so we went down there to, to Gen Angus, and I just immediately got reinvigorated and to the point where anything was possible. And, and um, you know, it, this can be a difficult industry. There's, you can't really uh, sugarcoat it sometimes, and, and that's why I say to, to people that want to do it, you need to make it as a choice and something that you're really driven and passionate about. But if you do that and it's something that you love, there is no better industry that you can be involved in um, because you can actually make a difference in the long term as well. And I think um, in terms of, say, looking at that on an environmental level, 
Um, you may have thought in the past, my gosh, you know, I can't be a farmer because I'm going to destroy the planet. Whereas now you're going, I actually can be part of the solution and I can not only do what I love and breed beautiful cattle, cattle that are wonderful and from a nutritional point of view, but you can actually now play a part in shaping environmental standards in, yeah. in the future. So, And as well as that, it's a wonderful way to, to grow a family and to bring up a family and it's a wonderful way of life. I don't think that's ever changed and I think there's more young people than ever uh, wanting to, to have a career in the beef industry, which is amazing. Yeah. And I would like to point out too, it may not be on farm that you're involved in the industry, but yeah. there are so that corporate ag is a big Huge. industry to be involved in, you know, Angus, like working at breed society level, that kind of thing. Like ag infiltrates so many different types of things. I mean, I work in marketing and communications yeah. and that might not be the first thing you think of when you think of being involved in the ag industry, but there's a plethora of different things yep. that you can be working in. And it may not necessarily be at a farm level, but it's supporting those at farm level and all that kind of thing as well. So, And it's businesses that you can start yourself too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and you know, in the past, the only way you got onto a farm is if you inherited it, whereas whereas now there's, there's lots of ways that you can be involved in agriculture and, and have a wonderful career. Yeah. yeah. And Jane, I think it's um, it's changed a lot. So I went to uh, Gatton College in the early um, 90s. So I started in 92 and did rural management through to 95. Now we started with 30 people in the in the course and uh, we finished with five. It was it was just so negative yeah. and and there were some jobs when we finished. It was agriculture was in a it, it was going to hell in a handbasket. It was it was tough. So I think now it's exciting. There's so um, there's so much. Um, I'll be careful what I say, like, but there is profitability in agriculture. I think that's what attracts young people to it. It's a, it's a great lifestyle that there's an enthusiasm. Um, they used to talk about the farmers getting older and there was, you know, there was, it was all doomsday because um, no young people in agriculture. Well, that, that's, that's just turned out to be false. There's a lot of people coming in. I think it's an exciting industry. It's a, it's a good industry. Like you said yourself, there's a lot of different roles now. There's, there's so much going forward. So I'll just tell people just be enthusiastic about it and find your niche. Like my dad always said to me, just do what you're passionate about and you won't mm. have a hard time going to work every day. And I think um, we've got a good industry and we've got so many good programs. Like yeah, a lot of our Angus youth programs are good. A lot of different channels to, to get involved in too. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that's a societal change, isn't it? Like, because back when, when we were younger, it's like, go get a job, son. You know, so whereas now it is a lot more, well, you know, you're spending your whole life doing this. Why don't you choose something you love and make a living out of it? And I think people are making really good choices now. Yeah, 100%. A lot of enthusiasm there, Shane, I reckon, at the moment. It's um, it's nice to see. Young young people are pretty refreshing, actually. It's good. So for you both, what has been the most important lesson that you've learnt over the course of 2023? Mm. Mine is to not panic. You know, I... I I have looked at some of those forecasts and I've been like, you know, the sky's falling in. So, and I've had people that have actually at succinct points where I've just felt the sky's falling in and it's all doom and gloom and we're all, you know. And then one of the, one point was um, Jason Strong. I remember um, speaking at our conference and he's like, you know, doom, everyone's doom and gloom, this, that, the other. And he's like, he's like, there's hope, there's this, there's that, don't panic. Uh, and the same, you know, with the seasonal with the seasonal stuff, don't panic. And again, I think that was either Jason Strong or, you know, Carl Lunders or don't panic. Ben Hill, one of our other fellow board members is always just so casual about everything. 
you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, market's going to fall. We're all going to die. There's just no rain on the horizon. And he goes, don't be so dramatic. And I'm like, oh, you know, so it is not, is to panic slowly, basically. Be aware, but just things tend to yeah, be a little bit more balanced than catastrophe the whole time. Yeah. Probably mine is, is to get the right people on the bus. So <laughs> so I think I've, I've, um, I've uh, I'm, a, I'm a great follower of Jim Collins. So he's written some good books, Good to Great and Great by Choice and things like that. And I, I think I've known it in my head, but this year I think I've seen it work. So, for example, here we've got 40 people work at Angus. We've had a couple of people come into the organisation over the last year or two, that they just that they, they don't need managing, they don't they don't need systems. They actually come to work enthusiastic, and they, they just want to do great work. In fact, they just want us to get out of the road. and And we're at um, UNE today. We've got one of our, um, our newer staff members gave a great presentation. He's got some great ideas about uh, research traits we can look into in the future. And we don't need to direct him. He's um, he, he's just enthusiastic. So I think um, I love seeing that in people. So. Um, I think for me, it's finding those people as a society breed um, to, to just get on the bus and get things done in a really simple way and you'll never have to manage them. It's mm. an interesting one. And I actually think with the strategic plan the way it is and the direction that we're going and, and like you say, you don't have to direct people because they're all on board with it and I actually think there's that element of fun too with the people that we've got on. They love working together and they're having a good time so um, it's really important. Definitely. And for the both of you, what is something that has inspired you in 2023? Well, Shona, I'd say I had the opportunity to very briefly go to the American Angus Convention recently. I hadn't uh, visited the US before myself. The, the enthusiasm and straight talking of those people was extraordinary. So, so I came home, I even wrote some notes for myself to... Uh, remind myself of that it was it was I love the way they were enthusiastic about what they did they they look you in the eye they're proud of what they do and I I think as Australians sometimes we can be a bit apologetic and and we don't we don't want to be arrogant but I I love that enthusiasm and those people were, were good straight shooters I think they could be Perhaps we've got politically correct too. Too, too. We've gone too far that way. They, they'll just, they'll just tell you straight. And, but in a very professional, good, nice way. They're proud of their breed. They're proud of what they do. And um, yeah, it was a shot in the arm that I think was I didn't expect to get, Shane. And it was nice. Mm. I, that that's a, that's very good. I I agree with that. The other thing that's inspired me this year, and um, is. Again, when we had um, our own convention and we had a panel and we put a heap of the people that have been through Gen Angus on that panel. And I was sitting in the room with, you know, with the rest of the Angus membership there listening and everyone was just blown away. They were like, wow. But it, it was not only that, it was actually the older people that were there around me too, people that have been my mentors over the year who's still there, still listening, you know, in this case to younger people. And then at the end we had this almighty dinner and dance and everyone of every age and and sort of generation were all there together talking dancing it was it was really cool like the mutual respect in that in that room was it was was i thought it was great yeah it was a good it was a lovely day the community was was wonderful wasn't it it was yeah yeah, right from young to old um like the jennings that it's interesting it's so popular now we've got um, Mm. actually people wish they'd got in earlier because um that it's well oversubscribed now and 
And uh, those, they're, yeah, they're, they're a great bunch of people. They're inspirational to go through that program, yeah. I think also on that panel as well, there was people that were involved in like the Angus Research Grants yes. and stuff like that. And Brianna was her name. She hasn't come from the agricultural no. industry and it was um and she got involved because she does research in the agricultural field and that's how that's how she's found this love for the mm. for the industry and she was saying how great a time that she had had yep. and how she really felt the inclusion from the Angus family I guess you could say and like I don't know whether she knew what to expect from the event but she did a great job on the panel and she gave insight into how she was involved but also I think it came tenfold in the fact that she had you know, so much exposure and networking and all that kind of thing in the, yeah. in the field of the Angus family, I guess you could say. So that was really good too. Yeah. And I mean, not only the, the breadth of, you know, people on that panel, but also the other panel that we had, had people from so many different production systems, so many different goals between them. And it just goes to show there's not one right answer on how to breed cattle. And there was a lot of uh, mutual respect and valuing of people that did things differently. And, um, yeah, as long as we keep that diversity and respect for different ways and just provide people with the tools to do it their way the best they can, I think we'll be doing a great job. Perfect. Just to finish up for the podcast today, is there anything that you guys would like to remind members or leave them with heading into the new year? Well, I'll start. I, I think so. Erica and I started on this journey about the same time. This is our second year in and I think... We both had a common goal to to um, not to change the society, but we we wanted to to reach members in case there'd been a bit of misunderstanding there at times. So so we've we've worked hard to break down some barriers to to get out amongst members to to increase um, the engagement that we have. I'd, now that's not a finished it's not a finished journey, but we've we've really I think both of us tried hard, and I think the staff here have tried. Um, uh, to to do that, so I'd I'd say to members if there's a if there's something that just still doesn't sit right, please please reach out, talk to us. We might be able to fix it tomorrow, but we'll have the conversation. Um, we can get beside you, and I and I think I'd just say to members, we're we're here to help, and we do need to keep improving what we're doing. But uh, I think I think we've started down that journey, Shane. So yeah, I'd encourage anyone that's yeah not as connected in to uh, to reach out. Uh, through the affiliated group so we as, as another option we had representatives here this week from each of the states and New Zealand which was great um, and we're trying to do a, a better job with working with the affiliated groups but that's not the only mechanism we've got the youth program so in whichever way I'd just encourage members to yeah be involved with the society we're not it's not an us and them that's I, I think the key message it's a mm. it's a one Angus team. Mm. And I mean, I would add to that too, like it's really hard for us sometimes to project how much business we're going to get through Angus Australia for things like uh, sale catalogues, DNA services. And so we're constantly trying to be abreast of that. But there's going like, and what we found this year, there were just times when we had just huge throughput of work to come through the office. And so I just want to say a big thank you to the staff. Like it's, it's just been amazing the way that they have stepped up and just gone above and beyond and and I would remind out I know sometimes when you when you ring up when something's gone wrong maybe a bull's crashed on you or something like that you're in society I just would say be cognizant that the humans on the other end of the line love their job and are trying to do the best thing for you and you know I just as I said hats off to the staff this year they've just been just been amazing thank you yeah I think a lot of a lot of hard work um 
like a big growth in services and things. And there was a situation this year that Eric and I were both involved with a member and we couldn't fix it. And that, and that, and that disappointed us both. And it was no one's fault. It just, um, but I think we tried hard, but it just, um, we just couldn't fix it on the day. Um, so we're sad about that, but we hopefully next year we can improve things, we can get things better and, and that. But um, yeah, everyone's worked pretty hard to yeah. uh, get and, everything done. Yeah, and we're all on the same team. Look, That's right. Yeah, intentions are certainly great, so. Perfect. Well, that wraps up what we had by questions. So thank you very much for joining us, the both of you, and thank you for all your hard work this year, particularly in launching the strategic plan. Like you guys have touched on, it's been a lot of work gone into it. So thank you both for all your work that you've done for us, I guess you could say. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for these podcasts. I think they're great. They're really well received by the membership. They they love the interviews that you do. Um, it's good information. And um, no, we appreciate your hard work um, as well. Thanks. It's Thanks, not all Shane. hard work. We've had, a, we've had a good time. Yeah, we love podcasts, <laughs> Eric and I. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for joining me and good luck into 2024. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. Thank you. Thanks, Shane. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. A big thanks again to our guests, Scott and Erica, for sharing their insights on the year that was. As always, as we come to the end of the year, I'd like to extend a big thank you to our listeners of Behind the Beef and to the various guests who have given their time and joined us on Behind the Beef in 2023, sharing their stories and insights into the beef industry. Behind the Beef will be returning to airwaves in 2024, so make sure you keep an eye out for any new episodes dropping in the new year. And if you're looking for some easy listening this festive season, we have a whole catalogue of previous episodes to catch up on if you haven't already. If there are any specific topics that you would like to hear from us in the new year, make sure you send through any suggestions to communications at angusaustralia.com.au because we would love to hear from you. And that's all we have time for. As always, make sure you follow and subscribe to Behind the Beef and leave a five-star rating or review. And follow and like Angus Australia and Angus Youth Australia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. And to all those in the Angus family, thank you for all your support in 2023. We wish you a very merry and safe Christmas and an excellent 2024 season. We'll catch you again in the same place next year.